another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms parent the same way. We should celebrate that and we should learn from one another and definitely cheer each other on. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. And if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 18 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. Boy, do I have an episode for you today. You probably know and already love this gal, but she is the founder of Solly Baby. She is an extraordinary mom of four, and she is just such a light in the world. And I have loved getting to know her over the last little bit as I followed her and had the pleasure of meeting her in person. And now I call her friend. Elle Rowley is my guest. She is just amazing. And today we're chatting about her motherhood journey. We're talking about founding Sally Baby and how that added to her motherhood and offered her different things than motherhood did, what she's learned um, about herself since becoming a mom. And she's also pursued life coaching recently. And I loved our conversation about why she chose that path and what she has learned for herself as she has pursued that passion. So let's get to my guest, Elle Rowley. Alrighty, I'm so thrilled to be chatting with Elle Rowley today. Hi, Elle. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You have been a long time person on my list since I first started the podcast, but you're a busy lady to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love your podcast. Well, I've been happy to be here day one. This oh my so gosh. Great. Well, you're so amazing. And when I heard that you even listened to any of it, I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? So <laughs> I just Stop. feel so honored that you would take the time out of your schedule. Just, I hope this serves as a time for you to just sit back and relax and reflect upon how far you've come and the good work that you're doing. I hope this feels great this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, just based on the format of your of your podcast, I I feel confident it will be. That's I, I love doing interviews like this where I really can't. They're really thoughtful and intentional, and it really does um, serve me just as much as I hope it um, helps somebody listening. So. Yeah, for sure. So for people that may not know you, Elle, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I um, I've been married. Uh, how many years? 12 years. Me too. And <laughs> I have, I have four little ones and three girls and a boy. My oldest is 10 all the way down to a two and a half year old. Um, and we, I started a baby carrier company. It's a wrap style baby carrier and some other baby accessory products. And um, eight years ago, um, a little over that now, um, when my husband, I had finished my degree and my husband was still finishing his and I started this little Etsy shop and it continued to grow by the time that he finished his his degree I talked him into working with my little startup instead of his friends and so uh, once we really came together then um, we've been able to grow that uh, successfully for you know the last six, seven years. So it's been really fun. We live in Carlsbad, California, where our office is, and we started in Utah. We love being here. Amazing. Oh, it just warms my heart so much. I mean, your wraps are everywhere on every 
baby. I mean, they just pop up everywhere now. <laughs> like, does it blow your mind every single time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, w- I mean, I don't know if it feels like they're everywhere to me, <laughs> but I love hearing that. Um, no, every time – I think that my favorite thing is that when I meet moms and occasionally dads who are wearing our wraps, I'm like, I genuinely – like, we would be friends in real life. Sure. <laughs> I just feel like we have the best – community of um, families and that's something that I don't know that I just feel really proud of that we're connecting in that way and bringing um, really helping facilitate an even deeper connection with um, caregivers and their little ones so I I love love it. it oh you are just killing it in business but really I love that focus on the bond and and the really solidifying families. And I love that dads wear the wraps too. And I just, I just think that's just so incredible. My brother who I just never pictured, you know, holding his little baby and everything like he wears the wrap and it like has his little girl, his little daughter tucked in there. And I'm just like, look at you now, you know, like it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think what's really cool is your husband working for you. And I see this a lot with um, products focused around moms or, or women and things like that. I love it when the husband's involved. I think that's so cool. I mean, there's just so many opportunities in this world that we can create for ourselves or get involved with that we probably never would have set out thinking your husband probably didn't think, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the baby business. Like that sounds (laughs) awesome, you know, but here he is. What does he think about all the interactions with, with moms and and everything like that? Oh yeah. He loves it. I mean, he, I I think what's funny is that even though we've been set like true partners in this company, he still sees it as my, he's like, it'll always be your thing, you know? Mm. (laughs) But I think he feels um, the same level of connection of excitement when he sees people and, and hears the testimonials and just the way that we're able to have like this, you know, just our little, small like footprint in um in that in the journey of uh these families so yeah yeah but I don't think I think it took them a long time to lead out with like yeah I I run a baby carrier company right (laughs) right it's like Brian and soap or you know bubble bath and stuff it's like I love all these sweet husbands it's so amazing Okay, I do kind of have a behind-the-scenes question, and then we'll get more into your motherhood journey, I promise. Okay, so when, like, celebrities show up having the Solly Baby wrap, is it usually because you gifted it to them or sent it to them? Or how many times is it that you're just as surprised and they stumbled upon the product themselves or gifted from a friend? Oh, almost always surprised. Really? Yeah. I love it. Yes, Totally. I mean, every once in a while, someone will say, hey, I like a friend of a friend of a friend is this person. And so, you know, do you want to, I'll see if I can get product to them, but I don't, it's like, that's almost never worked. So it is really, um, a really fun surprise when we, when we see that. When you show up in us weekly. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Amazing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh, well, great job, Elle. It just is so exciting. So let's dig a little deeper into your motherhood journey because, you know, you feature so many moms and so much of it is about, you know, your business and things. So I just love getting the backstory of who you are and where you came from. And so I would love to know, what did your mom model for you that really helped you to become the mom that you are today or the vision of the mom you wanted to become? Oh man, my mom did so many things 
right. And I, I think that the the biggest thing that I and maybe this seems small to other people, but um, but for me, I just always felt like there was nothing. Like if I broke something in the house, she never got mad about it. <laughs> like just that little example, just like. It was just, I knew that I was more important to her than anything that we had or just anything else. Like, just that, this really secure love that I felt with her. And I think there's nothing more that I could offer my kids than that. Hmm. And I think I am a little more high strung than my mom is um, or was just naturally. And so, and so I think about that a lot, you know, if my kids like spill milk all over or whatever it is, you know, where maybe my immediate <clears throat> like gut instinct is like, oh, <laughs> I, I love thinking about um, how my mom would react. And she just never let those things bother her. She never got um, she was never distracted by the little unimportant things, you know. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That is such an amazing example. And I've been thinking a lot lately about what we're telling our kids versus what we're showing our kids, right? And how misaligned that can be. I tell this a lot on the show, but how I call myself a recovering yeller. And it's like I never dreamed I would yell as like my gut instinct when I was was mad. And then one day I said, stop yelling at your brother. And (laughs) – I'm yelling. Yeah. Like, how yeah. could I ever expect my kids to behave better than I do? It's unrealistic. Oh, and we're going to be disappointed every single time. And so I love that she probably didn't repeat the words, you're safe here. You're secure. You're in a loving home. Things like that. <laughs> but the fact that you felt it and you saw that manifested, I think that is power. Right. Just that feeling, you know, that some people in your life have where just when you're with them, you just feel so safe, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what she was through. We had a lot of a lot of hard things in our family, a lot of tumultuous things that happened. And but I that she was always a safe place, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is that was the most important thing that she could have been for me. Well, I like how you said that, you know, it wasn't like you had a beaver cleaver upbringing, you know, and (laughs) it wasn't perfect and smooth, but you still were offered that sense of safety. Because I think a lot of parents who, you know, for whatever challenges they're facing or whatever their family composition looks like or things, they stress about, well, what's this going to mean for my kids? And my kids are going to, you know, have so much to recover from, you know, and we get so wrapped up in that versus just doing the work of showing them that they're safe no matter what. Right. And I, I love that you bring that up because that, that is something that I like to share as much as I can, that I am so, even with, you know, divorce and a lot of hard things that were my family growing up, feel like it was perfect for me. I know that that might sound weird, but I just am so grateful for the path that I had, uh, that I've had in the childhood that I had with all of its hard things that it was like, my parents were exactly who I needed them to be for me to learn what I needed to learn. I just feel like it was very, 
inspired. And I'm not saying we put those difficult things in the path of our children intentionally, but those things are going to come. And it's really made me not afraid for my children to have hard things. And it also helps me have more compassion for myself for not being a perfect mom, you know? Holy, my eyes are just welling up with tears. <laughs> I think we could be so hard on ourselves about that very thing. And even if we, you know, our family is fairly stable, you know, like you look at your yeah. family now and my family, and it's like, we have good health. We have a safe home. We live in a great environment. Like we have all the things going for us in the world. And still we beat ourselves up so much. And I'm sure you hear from moms, you know, yeah. all the time who are just so hard on themselves when they're doing so much better than they think they are. Well, and we always think we can hate ourselves into being something better and it never works that way. Mm. Ever. Nope. You love yourself into a better way, right? Ex exactly. And you love your kids it into a better way. Yeah. Yep. We see that it's like, what good am I doing? <laughs> Let's build on those little building blocks. I love that like minimum baseline idea of like, <laughs> I got my kids fed today. They were safe. They had clothes. They were clean, <laughs> sometimes clean. You know what those, those little things, I think that those are the building blocks for me that I build on of like, I'm taking care of them. I'm doing, and then that motivates me to do more of that. Not like, what have I, not focusing on all of my shortcomings, which are lengthy and long. It's like, it's not that I'm justifying or saying it's okay to be, you know, to, uh, I, I am saying it's okay to, to not be perfect. I'm trusting myself that I'm always doing my best, you know? Totally. And you're putting, you're choosing to put your energy into doing more of what serves your family and putting yes. less energy into the beating yourself up, the you know, <laughs> right. the guilt, the the real energy sucks that add nothing to nobody. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's exactly what they are. I love yeah. it. So tell me about early motherhood for you. You're ten years into this motherhood journey. What were some of the best and hardest parts of motherhood for you? I think the I think they're one in the same. <laughs> I, uh, I remember right after I had my first Lucy, who's now 10 and just looking at her all night, you know, just that kind of fascination after once you had a baby and just stare and stare at them. And just thinking this like simultaneous fear and, um, such fulfillment of like, you own a part of me now <laughs> that I will never have back. <laughs> and I couldn't be happier about it. Like it has given my life so much more meaning. And at the same time, that is so scary. I, I, I remember these like this distinct sentence in my brain of like, you could destroy me. <laughs> like, you just With a single blink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no going back. Like, whatever it's like it is like the heart walking on the outside of you right like your heart on the outside and um and that is such a beautiful thing and such a good way to learn how to progress and learn in this life and have experiences that are you know for our good but also man it's there's a lot of there's so much vulnerability in that and that is just like it, it just got real real fast but also, she just, you know, uh, I, she's really colicky. And I, I'm the youngest of seven. 
I really didn't have a lot of, I think, you know, like, oh, big family, you must know about, about babies and kids. I'm like, no, it's the youngest. I just had a bunch of parents. I didn't have any younger siblings to, to learn this with. And so I, you know, with her, I, it was, I just had such a tough learning curve of how to actually, I had this really serious birth plan. I had a natural birth. I was so into the pregnancy, everything. And then I, I always joke that like, I thought that she, I was going to have her and we would bake pies together. Like, you know, like yeah. I just thought she could, that we were going to be these little buddies. And, um, I was like, no, I really have breastfeeding was so hard. Just all of it was so hard for me that first time around. And, um, uh, but also, oh, I mean, just the best I couldn't have anticipated how hard it was going to be for me. And I also couldn't have anticipated how much I would love taking care of a baby and just learning from her and having that relationship. Well, is there really any other job on earth where you'd sign up for the laundry list of duties and hard labor and emotional toll that it would take on you that you could also ever believe that it would also be the best job you've ever had in the whole world? Like, it doesn't make sense. No. No. And nope. so as you <laughs> added more children and now you have four very different, beautiful, incredible children, how did changing your expectations and knowing kind of more what you were in for, how did that change the way you approached motherhood? I mean, with each one, I really believe that I just got more, I mean, it's, it's such a funny balance because with each one now, okay, I'm like doubling, tripling, whatever my workload and and at the same time, I'm also, um, I've learned so much more. I feel so much more confident in taking care of a baby, especially. And, um, yeah, I mean, the second, my experience with Solomon, my second baby was so different than my first. And I, I really appreciated each experience so much for what they've each represented. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just so much more confident with each baby that like, I can do this. Mm. And then, and then I think it's like just getting, I think the hardest thing after that is getting the new flow, you know, yes. everyone wanted, wants to say like, oh yeah, just give it a month. I feel like everyone would say like four weeks, six weeks, somewhere in there and you like get your flow down. And I, especially with the third, I was like, I still can't get to the car. Like, what are you talking about flow? <laughs> I simply am outnumbered in arms. Like, can't do it. Yeah. Right. Totally. There is no flow here, guys. Yeah. Like, and so how did you so reconcile that? Way. Yeah. I I think once I stopped waiting for a time for oh. it to be normal, you know, it's just like taking it day by day instead and saying, you know, yeah, I don't have to have anything figured out right now. And what does figured out even mean? You know, it's just like, what do we need to do for this phase to make it, you know, to, and, and like survive at first. And then you go a little beyond and a little beyond, and then everybody gets sick and you go back to surviving and then mm-hmm. you go a little beyond again until you can get, you know, to a place where you do have, you know, where I can find more of that flow. But, but I think just not even expecting it at all for that first year or, or however many years. It really is so relative. There's no right way or right timeline. Yeah, I could not agree more. Hey everyone, I know you are just loving hearing from Elle, but I want to thank one of our show sponsors, and that is StoryWorth. 
We all have that family member that always tells the best stories, right? Like where they lived when they were growing up or that amazing trip they went on as a child or that person that impacted them greatly in their life. Well, StoryWorth has a way for you to document and share stories. It's really amazing. They make it fun and easy for your loved one to share their stories with you with a weekly emailed story prompt and questions you've never thought to ask. And then at the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. You can strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved ones in a whole new way. Now with Father's Day and Mother's Day coming up, I cannot recommend this enough. I'm gifting this to my mom from Mother's Day and I can't wait to see her reaction. This is how it works. You purchase a subscription for someone you love, for me, for my mom, and each week StoryWorth sends them an email with questions about their life. Then they simply reply to the email with their story. All stories are kept private and only shared with the family that they choose. And then after a year, the stories will be bound into this beautiful keepsake book. Isn't that so amazing? I would love for you to give the gift that truly keeps on giving this Mother's Day or Father's Day. So my listeners get a special offer, and that is $20 off when you visit storyworth.com slash EMP. That's storyworth.com slash EMP. I cannot tell you how many people want me to interview them and interview their parents and their grandparents to document these stories. And I don't have the capacity, but this is where I send them to get these stories recorded. Thank you so much, StoryWorth, for supporting the podcast. Now let's get back to it with Elle. So with the different personalities of your kids and your life experiences that you have experienced in your own life, what has really struck me, we had a great conversation a few weeks ago um, and you were telling me about how you decided to start homeschooling your oldest and how that was a part of your plan. Like you could have definitely said, yeah, that's not going to work for our family. We have a lot going on, but you really were tender in considering what she needed. And you made the accommodations to make that happen. And it's been a real blessing for her and your family and everything like that. So I get the real sense that you try and be very intentional and just kind of case by case as you're kind of like marching down the field in this life and adapting (laughs) and, you know, letting the flow become what it needs to be, you know, for your family. So how how have you been able to accommodate all the different needs and everything, even when it feels like it's going to kind of like rock the whole system. Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh, totally. Because it's true. At some point it's like, well, this is, I think it's, I think it's really looking at what, what I, I can offer them with not always confidence. I don't want to use that word because I don't, I don't feel like that's always where it comes from. I think a lot of times I'm not super confident that like with her bringing her out of school, I wasn't super confident that I could do it, but I was like, I'm confident that first of all, nothing could go that wrong in the next six months of you out of school or like five months, you know, cause we took her out at uh, the winter break and I'm confident that I could create a curriculum that you could, that she could like run independently on her own with like these check mark, like check-ins with me. And I'm confident that, you know, it was just like the few things that I knew that I could do. And then I still don't know if this is like the best possible thing, but I feel like this is, um, this is right for right now. And I'm not committing to this for the next five years. I think just being, for me, that was just huge to really own because I have done it before. 
where I've, I've taken on, I've taken on everything and disregarded all of my needs. And then it's not, and then I've resented or it's just not turned out the best thing for everyone. And so I think that it, it just doesn't do anybody any favors to, um, to disregard mm. <laughs> your own needs um, for somebody else as much as I wish that it worked it it really doesn't and so in the long term mm. without having some serious fallout later for you know us personally you know for yourself personally myself and um, so I think that that really knowing what I can give honestly and then expressing that and I think it's good for kids to to have parents have that vulnerability with them and say, you know what, I can't like, yeah, we probably won't have a lot of field trips and these, I can't have a play date for you every day to offset you not being at school right now and having all of those built in social interactions, but this is what I can do. Does that work for you? And then, you know, for the next few months and taking it off, like chunk, chunk by chunk like that, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know if that fully answered your question. Yeah, I think that is such a great response because I feel like, so we went on vacation over Christmas break and I made that week, I made the conscious choice to be a yes mom where I said yes Uh to a lot of things and usually I feel like (laughs) a no mom and I'm always like, no, we don't have time. Hurry, let's go. Like like everything's just clipping along at a pace where I'm not connecting with my kids as much as I want to and they're not getting the warmth and maybe they're not being heard as much as they probably would like either. And so I think when we can really acknowledge not just saying no, but what can I do? And sometimes it still may not be to the child's satisfaction. You know, it may still, they still maybe want way more than what you're willing to give. But when you explain and you don't just say no, I think that really builds healthy um, conversational skills, problem solving, all those critical life skills that can really help you to not burn out because we've all been in that burnout phase. And are you good about this in all areas of your life or have you gotten better at this in all areas of your life, in business, in friendships? Do you set those boundaries in a uh, Oh, I think it's a learning curve for sure. Mm -hmm. And and it's funny. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because it is – it'll pop up in other areas where I'm like, wait, I thought I already figured this out. (laughs) Got to start all over in, you know, this, um, this other area of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. but man, I think you're totally right. And how good it is for, for them to build skills with those conversations. And I wish I could say I did that every time. Right. Like I, that's like the goal is to, is to be more thoughtful and to like, and to have, slow down enough to have those conversations consistently and in the, in the day to day too, not just with the big things. It's mm-hmm. a good reminder for me. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> well, and what I realized too, Elle, is that even when we don't have a perfect track record, we are still in that modeling mode of how to mm-hmm. come back from doing it better the next time. Yes. Right. And so totally. when, when, you know, we, you know, disagree with our spouse and then we make up behind closed doors or don't, you know, show them how to problem solve, you know, in front of them and talk out a disagreement or yeah. with our children when we just, you know, disengage and then come back together but never apologize, they're missing mm-hmm. that critical component. You know, life is great when it's like going well and everybody's getting what they want and everything. But yeah, what happens when rubber meets the road and you need to come against somebody that you disagree with or disagrees with you? How do you constructively do that. And when you do make a mistake, do you ask for forgiveness? Do you have that humility? Because if that's not modeled, yep. 
that's going to come up later. I know it does for adults that oh, I interact yeah. with and for myself. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like it's just such a compassionate thing to teach mm. your kids when we when we have compassion for ourselves. I really think that that is such a compassionate thing to do for them as well, because that's going to give them so much more permission to mess it up and to learn from it and to give themselves grace later in their life. I, I heard something recently that um, actually at a class at a, at a conference where this woman said, you should treat yourself like you want your daughter to treat herself when she's in your shoes. Mm. Doesn't that just reframe everything for yes. you? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I think all the time, like, we're so good at giving advice or support or compassion to our friends who come to us mm -hmm. sharing, you know, what's going on in their lives and how they're handling it. And usually they're doing much better than they think they are. And, and we're yeah. very gracious in extending that support. Imagine if it started with us in our own inner voice and the kindness was right. there from the get-go. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <sighs> it's a practice. It's a practice, though. It is. The happiest moms that I interact with, that I talk to, that I interview, it seems like they're striving really hard to prioritize their values. And, Elle, I know you have a lot going on in your life. You have, you know, you're involved in a lot of things. You have all of your children's needs and everything. And so as you're trying to calendar things and, you know, meet your obligations and things, I'm really curious to know when you're when in an ideal world when you're doing it well, how do you prioritize your values to make sure that those things are being done so that you don't end up in that depleted, resentful season? Well, I have a, I have a number of strategies, but I think maybe the one that and I think sometimes I have to freshen it up to kind of um, see it with see my life with new eyes every once in a while. Um, because habits can just become so ingrained and I can lose that intentionality. And so for me, one, one thing that I started doing recently is scheduling my, um, free time first in my calendar. So I schedule free time. Like I, I, I really need time by myself to recharge, which is the hardest thing for moms to get right. Like not working, not like not being a mom, not even with my husband, I like need time just by myself. And so finding one or two times a week where I can do that in some weeks, that's like 15 minutes, you know, and other weeks it's, I'm going to take, you know, an hour or two or whatever for me, that's, um, working out, like going to the gym or just, you know, a few different things like that for me, reading or wake or earlier in the morning to read by myself for a little bit or journal. Um, and then with scheduling that free time, also scheduling the time, a part of my free time is the time with my kids that I really want to use intentionally. Like this is what we're going to, this is, you know, for spring break, we, I needed to, my husband and I had a lot of work and we'd already done anyway, another trip uh, the month before. So we're like, we're going to, what my kids had two weeks off for spring break, my kids in school. And so it's like, we're going to stick around, but everybody just give me your top thing that you want to do for spring break. You know, one thing that'll make it special for each of you. And so, you know, my five-year-old is like Chuck E. Cheese and my son is like Handel's ice cream. Everybody had their one thing. And so I scheduled that before I knowing my like loose schedule for, I'm not going to schedule right during my work time, but 
I put all those on the calendar first and, um, and then from there I go with, you know, my top priorities in work and my top priorities with other things that are going on in art and my personal life. And I, I feel like for me that really does, um, that really does help to make sure that those things are, are coming first. See, I had a feeling you did something like that. <laughs> we didn't talk about that ahead of time, but I just had a feeling. I think a lot of people think that self-care or downtime or free time or fun stuff is going to happen by accident. Like, I don't know why we think that, though, because it like there's no proof of that anywhere in your life ever. So the fact that you would physically calendar in the same way you would book a doctor's appointment – in the same way that you would block out work, that you would prioritize and calendar the things that you need to have happen, like, duh. Like, it makes so much sense, but so few people <laughs> do it. Do it yes. Yeah. yeah. And so if you haven't started this practice, I just encourage you to, to identify, okay, you know, if, if the things that matter most to you are going by the wayside, where is it on your calendar? If that is right. kind of how your brain operates. I, I operate off a calendar. Some people don't. But um, I think that can be really helpful to schedule that in and then work the rest of life around those things because anything else is kind of like a bonus, right? Because you do yeah, value and work we, and that's on your calendar. And you do value yeah. making spring break special. And so it's on your calendar. No one's going to yeah, like... Nobody complained. We didn't go out of town or do anything fancy or fun for spring break or do anything big. I yes. mean, you know, it's just like everybody felt heard and listened to it and we made sure that everything happened, but it was really just a few things. We ended up being able to do other things on top of those four things that they had chosen mm-hmm. um, because that, it was like, let's just put in the essentials here and no pressure after that. Mm-hmm. And then it opened up so much more. But I do, yeah, I think you're 100% right that it's, it just doesn't happen unless you, nobody's going to prioritize it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, especially with little kids, no, I think any, I mean, up, I've only experienced up to age 10, but any time in that first decade, like it can feel, um, time can feel monotonous sometimes with, with little kids. But I, I think that that's on us to, just be again, more intentional with our time and, and look at it like, yeah, I'm like managing, um, our schedules and life here and I can put, and there's so much freedom in that. Like, let's Mm. get excited about what do I, what do I want to experience with them? What do I want to do? Um, and making those things a priority. Um, I think it does help those, those long days that can happen with, uh, little kids feel not quite so, uh, long, you know? (laughs) Yes. And especially with summer approaching, you know, sometimes the more time that we have open, the more stressed out and we get over like the overwhelm and the more propensity we have to waste time because we have so much and we think, oh, we'll get to it. Oh yeah, we'll go to the beach later. And then we just push it, push it, push it. Or, you know, oh, I've got to get to that, that, uh, you know, blog post or that whatever. And then you push it, push it, push it because, oh, I've got time. Then nothing ends up getting done. So schedule it and just, just try it. Just try scheduling the fun. Totally. Can I say one more thing? For sure. Um, with, with streamlining that even more so I've like, I found that the decision fatigue of just making those choices, like reinventing the wheel every day can be so exhausting. And so streamlining as much of that as possible. If you want to make the beach, going to the beach or to the pool or whatever, the park, a priority, like, yeah, let's, 
I, I want to do that more with my kids, but it just doesn't seem to happen or whatever. It's just kind of sporadic. Like, nope. Just, just put it on every Thursday, that's beach day. Every, you know, Wednesday is pool day. And if it doesn't happen some weeks, that's fine. But I think having those kind of anchor points to your week can, with, uh, with your kids can make such a big difference and um, can take a lot of that fatigue. Because sometimes it's like, well, then you can go to the other extreme. Like, we're doing so much. I'm not enjoying mm-hmm. any of it. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting, you know? Right. Um, anyway, that's been helpful for me. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in one more time since we're talking about heading out to the pool and thank our show sponsor, and that is Highlands. Don't let your summer fun get ruined because you've been diagnosed with an earache by a physician. For natural relief due to ear pain, fever, irritability, and occasional sleeplessness due to ear pain, try Highlands Homeopathic Earache Drops and Tablets. Highlands has been a trusted brand for generations to provide safe homeopathic medicines for all members of the family. There's no alcohol and no sting, so my kids actually don't mind this going into their ear, so you can get back to doing what you love. You can visit highlands.com, that's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S, to find a retailer near you. Highlands.com backslash ear hyphen pain to learn more. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated, read and follow label directions. Thank you so much to Highlands for sponsoring the show. Make sure you have a bottle of Highlands in your swim bag and for your next vacation. Let's get back to it. It's conserving that energy over the decisions, right? Decision-making is it can be an energy suck in and of itself. And that's before even doing any of the activities that you're deciding (laughs) on. (laughs) Save it. Save it for the activity. Don't save it on the decision-making. So that's why I love, you know, we don't always do this regularly yet, but this is a goal of mine is to like do the weekly family planning. So it's like, what does our week Mm -hmm. look like? And kind of like what you did for spring break. Okay. Everybody pick one thing. And we'll, we'll calendar that in this week or in the next two weeks. And um, I love it. I think that's great. I Everyone's in on it. It's perfect. Okay. I'm so pumped for you, Elle, because you're on your journey to becoming a life coach. And I love Brooke Castillo. I shout her podcast and name and practices and the model from the rooftops. I tell everybody I know I'm a dedicated podcast listener and she's really changed my life. Even just the podcast, the free podcast elements have changed my life and the way I think about thinking. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So how did you find out about her and what spurred you on to the next step of actually being like, I think I'm going to go get certified? Oh, man. I'm with you with the shouting off the rooftop (laughs) about her. Um, I found her through Jodi Moore, who I also shout from the rooftops. Uh Um, her and her sister, Natalie Clay, who's a um, coaches with her. She's my like personal life coach. But, um, I, man, once I got into Jody's podcast and then Brooks as well, I just, I just devoured all of it because it just is so like, there's such a tangible quality about it. Like I can use this right now. These, the way, um, the tools that they offer, like this affects my everyday, literally all day long. And just these, and and it almost, it just felt like these are things that I always kind of knew were true, but I didn't have words for them. And, um, and so once I found kind of these, these skills for better emotional health and it, I just, I just was like, I, I want to know them inside and out so I can, first of all, live them completely Second of all, teach them to my kids. And third of all, 
would, you know, I have a, a lot of people come to me to talk about, um, a lot of, especially other women and mothers talk to me about, you know, their businesses. It's like, I really want to be able to give better actionable tools, um, that can, can really help them. And so I joined their certificate Brooks certification program through the life coach school last October. And I finished last month and uh, yeah, it was like just six months. It's really actually pretty, very doable training, just kind of on the side of family and work and everything. And I just, it felt fun to me. And um, yeah, so I've been coaching people. I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from that just as I finished my certification and now figure out kind of what, what I want to do for the next steps with that, how I want to incorporate that with Solly Baby, whatever, but like man, it has definitely changed my life too. really getting that leverage on how your brain works and the thoughts that you're having and seeing how you're creating the results in your life. It just really is so empowering in every facet of my life. So good. I am so, so proud of you. And so I know you're still working out like, you know, how your coaching might look in your life and things like that. But is there anything that you want to say if somebody's listening and they're like, well, I would love for Elle to coach me or something. Is there anything that you know yet if people wanted to, to hook up with you? Man, I, I think that, I mean, if anybody can help me flesh this out, this would be great. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I, I really feel like that there's a place for it at Solly Baby. And I'd like to incorporate it there, not only in our messaging, but also, you know, what I'm leaning toward right now is is helping more of the postpartum mom um, to to get some, some leverage on their emotional health during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm going to start a program or, or what that is. If anybody has any specific ideas for me, like, this is what I wish I would have had, or this is what I want. I'd love to hear him DM me on my personal Instagram. It's just at L Rolly. Um, but I, that's kind of the direction that I'm leaning toward right now. I think that is so wise. I mean, I talk to moms every day dealing with postpartum mental health. And even if they are not, you know, quote unquote, you know, having postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or things. I mean, just the transition in and of itself in the fourth trimester is, is a lot. And it's a lot to process when you're sleep deprived and everything. So to have support, I mean, in the same way we check in with a doctor physically at the six week mark, why is there not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a life coach appointment also on the calendar at that six week mark to be like, no, but really. But really, how are you doing? Right? Oh, oh, completely. Isn't it funny how, I mean, I, I, now I'm just like, yeah, just like I go to the gym to take care of my body, I get coaching to take care of my emotional health. Like that is just a part, that's just maintenance. Yes. Like that's what you can't wait years and years and years or, you know, your whole life to then really get that, um, to get that care that Mm. we every human being needs yes. <laughs> like it just doesn't come it, it comes through talking with someone else and getting that that leverage really we're just too we're in the weeds you know yes yeah I really hope that life coaching and counseling or therapy or whatever I, I really hope that it becomes more mainstream and accepted as a form of health care and yeah. um, I mean I'm sure you've seen already so many people's um, physical issues being healed simply or being assisted in in the process of, of healing as they are working out their mental stuff and realizing that's what's holding them back from really becoming a more healthy, productive, happy person. 
Oh my gosh, mm. so much. Mm. And and it, it really all is so interconnected. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it. it's an amazing, amazing program. Well, I just wish you the best of luck with that. And oh, I just think you. that is just going to be such an amazing offering. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Oh, thank you. We could just chat all morning, but we all have stuff we've (laughs) got to do. So I'm going to wrap up, Elle, with three final questions. But before my three final questions, can you tell people where they can find you and where they can find Solly Baby? Yeah, um, our website is sollybaby.com. I feel like most of our our content comes through Instagram, which is sollybabywrap. And my personal Instagram is L Rolly, which I do an okay job keeping up. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> you do a great personally. job. Okay, well, the three final questions that I've been asking on the podcast lately are this: the first is, L, what is your purpose? I there. I heard this Mother Teresa quote years and years ago that uh, when I was in college, that she said something along the lines of do small things with great love. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's it. You know, it's like, especially as our business has grown and it's easy to, we think we we like to think that everything is so complicated and like, Oh, now my family's bigger. My business is bigger. I'm older, whatever it is, or all these new relationships, everything's so much more complicated. I'm like, you know what? I don't really think that it is. Mm. I really think it just comes to that daily work of doing small things with great love in every area of life. I think that that is the key that has been the key for me for happiness, for fulfillment, um, for staying centered. It's just like, it's just not that complicated. That's really what it is. And, um, that to me, I feel so much purpose in really sharing that and way more than sharing that, just living that every day, which I don't do perfectly. That's for sure. I love that. That I'm learning. Great. We all are. Okay, next, what makes you smile? Oh, man. Um, One thing, I mean, for sure, all of the faces of my family, my children. And one thing living here um, in San Diego by the beach, I, on my drive to our office or drive to most places, I see the ocean and it just is like, so every time just like, this is my life. I get to see the ocean. <laughs> what? How is this real? Just, yeah, definitely makes me smile. So amazing. Um, something that makes me smile is your daughter's singing voice. We talked about this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her voice. Oh, and I, and I said, I'm calling it. She's going to be a star. She's going to do something if she wants to do something with this. So I'm calling it you now. So sweet. <laughs> Definitely makes me smile too. I mean, I think her voice just makes me cry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, kids so and their natural talents and abilities. Yeah. I mean, is there anything greater than seeing them do something that you just – know so intrinsically like you were made so uniquely with this gifting like it's like art right yes it's just like I'm just looking at this like masterpiece in front of me that just is she just is it's just yeah, yeah it's effortless it's totally oh, so good yeah so good <laughs> the last question I always ask my guests L is the mission of this podcast it's to help the guest and the listeners to feel extraordinary because they are and so many people I have on deflect the label of me telling them that they're extraordinary because they think they're just average or they're anything but extraordinary 
But extraordinary doesn't mean perfect. Extraordinary doesn't mean grand or somebody that, you know, has a huge successful business necessarily or is influencing a ton of people. It starts with, like you said, in your purpose, the small things that you do on a day-to-day basis that is just you showing up just like your daughter shows up with her voice. And so I want people to recognize they're all extraordinary and there are things about them that make them so distinctly extraordinary that when you actually value that and see that, whoa, that is a unique contribution I can make, that you can do so much more with it. And so I want to know from you, Elle, what makes you extraordinary? Oh, man. I mean, I think if I've been given a gift of something, it's of perspective. Like that, I I think being the youngest in a big family and seeing a lot of, like kind of being a fly on the wall in a lot of ways and seeing a lot of different experiences that other people are having and learning from that, I think I've been given a gift of perspective. And so... I think it's easy for me to let things go and to focus on the important things. Again, I don't do it perfectly, but I think that that is something that I have to, you know, that I've been able to offer my kids. That's really beautiful. I love that. Elle, thank you so much for taking the time to chat this morning. What a great start to my day, and everyone's just going to love hearing from you. Thank you so, so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughtful questions. You're amazing. You're doing good work. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Have an amazing day. Thanks. Guys, is Elle incredible or what? She is just so amazing. All that she's been able to accomplish in her business and the obstacles she has overcome to get to where she is. The fact that life coaching is a next step for her makes complete sense, and I cannot wait to see how that unfolds. So if you have a baby in your life or somebody being born that needs a baby gift, check out Solly Baby Wraps. That is what I carried my third around in, and I just miss those days. Oh, so, so special. Thanks, Elle, for coming on the show today. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Everything um, that we talked about today, links to where you can find Elle, Solly Baby, all the things, and of course, a picture of her cute family is over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate your support and the reviews that have been left this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody, that'll do it for today, but I will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.